I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. A triathlon-ish podcast. Grab your sock hats, fill your decanter. Friday's here. It's time for some banter. Try tips, life chat from two feisty pros, zoomies, arm hair, ebbs, and flows. Rides with influential women in sport. Voicemails from you, now it's in your court. Join in just to stalk raccoons. Do you like your Zwift caps and fear those loons? So unpad your bras and stop that hiding and find out what happens if we were riding. Hey, Sarah. Hi. Oh, same time. Hey, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're coming off a business call huh. and before we started recording, you know, I, I realized that this is a super serious podcast and we only <laughs> talk about really intense stuff, but we'll keep it a little light because it sounds like you've had a pretty, pretty pro day. You yeah. Know? Like I was telling you, like I just, when I was deciding what time we were going to record um, today. I was like, oh, should I, like, I knew I was going to be having sort of an intense business negotiation, literally right before recording. It's like, should I record after or should I not? Like, will I have the, I was thinking more of my energy balance, you know? Oh yeah. Um, and then I thought, no, you know what? Like, that's the perfect thing. Like you and I just like a little light banter. 45 minutes oh. later, I've forgotten all well, about the intense discussions. So we'll, we'll try to keep it light. We, I am disappointed that neither one of us has a good animal story. I know. And I think the funny thing is I think that I do, but I just forget it. So if I think of, if I, if it comes up at some point, maybe <laughs> I was in Whistler last weekend and like, I don't even have a good bear story to prove it. Oh yeah. I, I've got nothing mm -hmm. other than our neighborhood cat has just been taunting the dog. Um, like this, there's this really very large orange fluffy cat who now is just hanging out in a backyard and our massive mastiff just <laughs> is like drooling and really wants to just attack him but that's about that's a terrible animal story that was a lame one <laughs> like, okay, fine. i used to Sorry. have a rottweiler pit bull when i was like 20 and she was scared of small dogs you know and it used to make <laughs> me like laugh because like like on one side like children would be <laughs> scared of her or like people right. looked at her like side eye because they were scared but if a, if someone came by walking with like a shih tzu or something she would just take the widest angle on the end of the leash like <laughs> that's so funny oh yeah. my gosh i remember one woman look like saying noticing it because some people didn't notice it or didn't understand what she was doing and then one woman was like yeah you're pitbull she better be scared of my pomeranian because she is tough <laughs> like, do you like... know she had some traumatic small dog experience I don't know. I, so I, um, well, I sort of rescued her, rescued her from my sister <laughs> in her party girl days. So I, I kind of knew the dog really well that, that my sister had had since a puppy. And then I got her, she was eight months. So like, I don't know that she had any trauma with small dogs, mm. but I don't yeah. know. I, like those dogs are big chickens. Yeah. I don't know if you find that with like, um, with Buddy, but like, I know like all the Rottweilers, like, that I would pay attention to those types of dogs when I had one. Um, all the Rottweilers, Pitbulls, those types, Dobermans that I knew were all just like big freaking chickens and big suck holes. Oh yeah, no, but Buddy is, he is the wimpiest dog of all time, which is funny because <laughs> he was bred to be a guard dog and right. 
yeah he was just a chicken which yeah. ma- i guess it kind of makes sense because uh he's very clingy and so if you want to be a good guard dog you don't want to be ranging around you want to mm-hmm. be hanging out with your human yeah i think it's that like i think it's actually probably that clinginess to their to their humans or to their pack that actually makes them dangerous on the other side because i suspect if you push them far enough they'll snap i've never the he's an aggressive player uh but there's no real aggression in that dog he's he's happy to let much smaller dogs just dominate him right yeah i never saw you know i never saw any aggression in my pit bull but when i don't know like i feel like if someone if I'd been attacked by someone on the street when they were walking or something, I suspect we would have seen her in her pit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, real quick, you know? I don't think Buddy cares. But um, Buddy would just lick lick the person and yeah, <laughs> slobber yeah. on them. Totally. <laughs> Their pants would be so slimy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I'm, like, I'm just going to tell one more dog story, okay? <laughs> Do it. Because you said so one time I may have told this story before actually but it was so freaking funny so like one time I was running with Kokanee was was the name of my pit bull and she used to be able to jump like free have I told this before like from a standing position she could jump like higher than my head whoa like straight up vertical right and athletic (laughs) yeah athletic yeah an athletic because she was like rottweiler pit bull so she had that like strength of a pit bull that was a bit taller Mm. um so that like she was a real athletic dog she was fun to watch run and stuff um anyway we're running along and for some reason she decided she liked this guy walking down the sidewalk in front of us and she did her vertical jump thing kind of like right behind him off his left shoulder and like the only contact she made with him was her tongue on his face (laughs) (laughs) from behind okay what's the most likely scenario yeah you would think that you licked him (laughs) i didn't like i just ran like thank goodness i was running and i didn't have to deal with like a i was like sorry (laughs) just kept running like why oh my i i hope i hope to this day he thinks that you licked him (laughs) (laughs) there's some some guy in kingston ontario who's like that runner that licked me that one time and he's telling this story like yes. a, with his friends like one time this runner licked me <laughs> okay well if that guy listens to the podcast <laughs> i'm here to tell you it was my dog it is a dog not sarah <laughs> okay well oh. for, for a week that we didn't have animal stories we've come up with a few and seven minutes worth um <laughs> okay so coming up on the show we're going to talk a little bit about the cancellation of the Kona Ironman World Champs we're going to talk about pro marathoning versus pro ironmanning um we have a little voicemail about a birth story and whatever else we come up with Every day there seems to be a new wellness trend like eat this do this avoid those scary things and how do we know where to start and who to trust Inside Tracker cuts through the noise by analyzing your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers. 
This provides you with a personalized, science-based, trackable action plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker is simpler, cheaper, and more convenient than traditional blood tests, and includes tests that we need as athletes but aren't traditionally included, like ferritin and vitamin D. My favorite part is that they don't just give you the data, they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips to take action. So for a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering our If We Were Riding listeners 25% off their entire store. So just go to insidetracker.com forward slash riding. That's insidetracker.com forward slash riding as in if we were. Change is an inside job. Start inside. Okay, I guess we should say it's not a cancellation. It's a delay. So... (laughs) Uh, as most of our listeners probably know, Iron Man decided to move uh, Kona to the World Championship to February instead of October. And, you know, earlier in the week, there was a lot of buzz about whether or not that would happen because the, the mayor of Kona was saying it's highly unlikely we're going to be able to host it in mm-hmm. October. Uh, I'm I'm curious from your standpoint because I know you had a lot of planning going on with your little vacation, mm-hmm. your your feisty huddle, you know, in the house afterwards. Like, I want to hear from your standpoint. Yeah, what do you it's, think? it's kind of funny because I did hear from a lot of people as soon as it was canceled within an hour. I've got like five text messages like Kona's canceled, as if they're informing me first of all, which is funny. But like Kona's, look, what are you gonna do? you know? Um, And I had already been thinking about it because, well, I kind of already knew it was going to happen. And then also like people have been talking about it for the reasons you just said, because the mayor had kind of given it away a couple days before. Um, But like, it's funny because I've thought all all along, I've thought, oh, if they cancel it, like we'll go anyway, if we can. Um, Oh, yeah. And and part of the reason for that is because like, I'd say a solid 50% of my reason for going was to have like a team bonding event and activity like so we were gonna I booked um for an entire month for our Airbnb so we had it booked until October to the end of October um and so it was funny because I then um so I'm still thinking about exactly how we're gonna frame this and what we're gonna do uh when we're in Kona but the plan right now is to still go um so a couple of things on that one was that like I think like my mindset was like we're gonna make the best of this situation you know, um, while a lot of people around me were like, oh, man, what are we going to do? Um, and then I I've reached out to my videographer and photographer. Well, uh, essentially a, a very amazing <laughs> photographer who volunteers for me sometimes. And he did in Kona last year as well. And he um, and he's also someone who I consider to have like a massive success mindset. You know, like he's been massively successful in his life. And I can see why when you meet him and you talk to him, he's like very positive thinker, thinking outside the box, um, thinking, always seeing the best in situations. Um, So I reached out and I'm like, hey, Steve, like, listen, just so you know, like we're probably haven't fully decided, but we're probably going to keep the place if you still want to come and hang out in Kona with us. And he's like, haha, that's so funny because I heard from like he had two contracts there with a couple of brands, you know, and he's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I heard from the people I was working for and they were like oh hey man so sorry i hope you can get a refund on your flight and then he's like and i was like a refund i'm still going oh awesome <laughs> um, yeah so we were on the same page with that um 
So the only like the only consideration now really is whether or not it is at that time going to be like responsible to take mm. like so there's seven of us, you know, so um, and the state of Hawaii is struggling right now, I guess, in terms of cases. So like whether we feel it's like reasonable and responsible to be tourists in Kona. Um, right. If we, of course, we'd like follow all protocols like mask wearing and, and the things, whatever is on the ground. But I, I just want to read a little bit more about whether they're encouraging tourism um, before making a final decision. But I think like if we can, my gate, my A plan is to like go and have at least that part of like the team bonding thing. I think we're going to create some content for some of our partners too, like just have a dedicated time to like, um, to, to make some really good content. And then also like, if it does happen in February, we'll sort of be ahead of the game because a lot of my team, my current team hasn't actually even been there, you know? So this, mm. a lot of it was like weighing on me to like direct and organize and, and know what's what, but they will all be, um, able to do a better job. Um, in February too, if we do this. So. Yeah, I love it. Well, and what will be fun is that you can create some content that you can release in advance that gets people excited. Because mm -hmm. one of the things you you notice from you know the triathlon media consumption standpoint is that around that week, it's just you are bombarded with it's Kona insane. imagery. Yeah. But being able to get some things like as a teaser, I think would yeah. get people pretty excited. Yeah. And it's and it's so chaotic there that having kind of the island to yourself, obviously you don't have it to yourself, mm -hmm. but just having that space to be creative and not worry about scheduling, it, I, you're going to come up with some cool stuff. I think so too. And I yeah. think, you know, even some of the, like I keep picturing photo shoots on lava rocks, you know, um, and we have some really cool t-shirts that, and tanks that we, um, where we did like a tank competition. And so we can do some photos with that, like even with our own merch as well, um, as well as for some of our partners. So yeah. what it. about you? Like what happened in your world? Did your, like you were planning on going as well? Yeah. So I was, I was going to go and I'm still going to go, uh, in February, but, uh, I, you know, trying to think logistics of traveling with the three month olds, mm. um, you know, we, we were going to do it, the two of us, you know, Hawk and I were going to make the trip, mm. uh, but it was a, all right, I'm going to, this is going to be intense because, mm. you know, it's, he's such a little guy. So, so you were going to go just with him, like without help? Uh, I was talking to my mom about i'm like hey we could we'll have to share a bed but i'll fly you out to hawaii mm -hmm. <laughs> you can hang out with your grandson nice. <laughs> and she was she was down with it so okay. uh i think she would have done it i think she would have done it in the end mm -hmm. um but now it's going to be even easier to sell it to her because it's going to be february right so really everybody wants to get away from the snow and colds for you know a week or so to hang out yeah, so I was going to go um, for Zwift and we have this WhatsApp chain and for a few days in advance, we were getting the, the uh, there were a couple athletes that were very nervous and the rest of us were just like kind of talking them down, kind of like, it is what it is, you know, we're going to make, let's wait until we hear the official announcement. Because um, that's part of the problem is that, you know, people get so worked up and it's like, let's just wait, let's until it's canceled, there's no reason stressing out until it's postponed until we know what's going on. Um, so finally, like, 
you know, now that there's that certainty, it's easier for athletes to just, but I, I have a lot of sympathy for them because, you know, they, they're trying to train for an event yeah. in October and, you know, you have your training laid out and all of a sudden you have to push it back three months. And it's like, they were starting to enter like a big block of training, the mm-hmm. last big block. So yeah. timing wise, it kind of stinks. And now, you know, they're making jokes about like, well, after Christmas, you know, it's, if you're in the Northern hemisphere, like mm. with weather and stuff, it makes it obviously harder, but you know, now, now people are like, well, I guess I can't have as much fun over Christmas or, you know, the holidays, I gotta, gotta keep the holiday treats in check. And yeah. I don't know. I, I think what's good about this past year and a half is that people have been, they have perspective about racing, mm-hmm. um, where I think last year it hit people a lot harder when Kona was canceled. This postponement, I, the athletes I've talked to are taking things a lot more in stride where it's like, Hey, it's a bummer, but we've developed this resilience from a year of races being postponed or canceled where like we're just rolling with it and we'll make the mm-hmm. best of the situation. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm happier to have three extra months because uh, like I'll be, yeah. I'll be doing some, you know, riding and running with, with the, the team members, mm-hmm. like three extra months of fitness as uh, you know, I actually stand a chance of hanging out with the, the team members and not embarrassing myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. And, and of course you were going for the, if you're riding podcast also. Oh, clearly have to regroup on that planning. Oh my gosh. In January. Mm-hmm. Can we do an IRL podcast? Yes. Like we're totally going to do that. I was thinking, oh, okay. I, this is a frosty makes... beverage in one <laughs> hand. Beverage, yes. <laughs> so one of the things we had, like we had a tent space um, that, um, well, we no longer have, but that's not, that's neither here nor there. Where like, I was thinking, oh, like you and I, because we're thinking of, I was thinking of running some events like at the tent, like you and I could host like a live podcast recording and invite people to like come watch and then we do the podcast. That'd be fun. I think it'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was only one of my ideas that I'm now yeah. presenting to you live on the podcast. So. Buy me a frosty beverage and I will okay. do a podcast. We can also have a life. frosty beverage. We can yeah. do, yeah. Or we could interview some, some industry type people too, which like yeah. no one does, you know? I like it. Let's do it. I have ideas. Um, Okay. What was I going to say about that? Oh yeah. This is what I wanted to say. Is that like, whenever something changes, that's like in the future. (laughs) I mean, everything's in the future, right? (laughs) (laughs) You like, you know, that there's a Japanese proverb about like, you don't know whether it's bad or good. Mm. Like, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, you actually don't know that like everything would be better for everyone. If we had Iron Man in October versus February. Like right. I don't know. Like it's, yeah. it's kind of like, um, it could be, it could end up better in February for any given person. Um, even if it feels crappy right now in terms of like, there's that sense of, like you said, like for some of the athletes, there's probably a sense of loss of like mm-hmm. some of the training they've done and the work they've put in, um, which is emotions are always worthy. Um, but like after that morning period, it's like, actually the truth is like, you don't know. Um, yeah. and you may have a better, whomever may have a better result um, oh well February. The, the conditions will be nicer the winds aren't as severe oh, so the, right. the times are going to be like it's going to be a very it's going to be the fastest year ever i think that's my prediction 
And for me and my team, now we get to go to Hawaii twice. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Not too bad. So this, but then Twigma is like, you don't know if it's good or bad. So maybe it's good. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. You could just stay there. Yeah. We just, oh, right. I'll just live there. Send, send Rosie. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I remember just as I said that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I, I forget I have a daughter also. But. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? Um, okay, you you told me before the show. Oh, I saw it on your social actually that Ben is doing his first marathon. Yeah, um, which is highly exciting, and I'm I am actually super excited to follow him and see how he does. Given how swift he was over the five k in the Olympic trials, um, and the ten k. So tell us your thoughts about pro marathoning versus. Marathoning. Oh yeah, so this whole thing is super fascinating to me, and maybe there will be some listeners who are actually interested in some into some insight what happens on the the you know the front end with this sort of thing because it's so different from triathlon so professional triathlon uh there are a couple of races that have some start money where you get contracts i know road works that way some other races but like it used most to be more time, common it, you know okay was it i mm-hmm. i've only had a couple of races where i get any sort of start money They've um, reduced the... Yeah, okay. Yeah, anyway. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> nowadays, it's mostly you pay big bucks to Ironman to, you know, enter as many races as you want for the, you know, I, I think it's like $900 as a pro. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm i not complaining. You know, it is what it is. Uh, they might throw you a little money for travel sometimes. But that's that's it. Like mm-hmm. what you see as the prize money, that's it. Now, the world major marathons, I'm finding out it's a whole different system. Mm-hmm. So there are six world major marathons, and New York is one of them. Um, and that's the race Ben is doing. And basically, like his agent uh approached uh New York and Boston because he figured like those were the two races where they would pony up the most for appearance money mm-hmm. um it kind of like had a little bit of a bidding thing bidding war um I mean wars is an exaggeration but it's right. like you can conversation about yeah prices. conversation yeah 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 <laughs> let's not inflate Ben's value here um I mean I would I would go to to battle for him but that's about it uh so yeah they but like okay how much would you pay him what are the bonuses so they have like published money mm-hmm. and it's really good for, for marathon. You know, it's like, you know, six figures for the win and like, it goes down. It's great money. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're top five or, you know, it, it's not super deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I think, you know, for example, like Chicago, like fifth place is 25,000. Um, right. so, and that's the published money. Um, so there's that. And then there's kind of like the secret money. So these contracts yeah. uh, for, for like an American marathoner, um, who's pretty good, like they'll get contract or they'll get start money. That's like five or six figures. So somebody who has like a big wow. name, six mm-hmm. figure appearance money. So sometimes mm-hmm. you'll, and this year, because all the marathons got moved to the fall, uh, you'll see some athletes who are doing two marathons in the fall and you're like mm-hmm. from a performance standpoint that doesn't make a lot of sense but then when you hear about all the money that goes behind the scenes right. you're like oh you know this this athlete who got an olympic medal 
like their value is really inflated. They can make probably like a quarter million dollars just starting these races. Right. And then on top of like the appearance money, there is uh, like, there'll be individual things kind of built in where it's, if you're a top American, uh, there are time bonuses. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't finish the race, you get like a reduction in appearance money of X amounts. Um, but like, we're, we're talking all, all in all, like you could qu- easily quadruple, you could win the race and quadruple the money right. that's published based on right. all this, like kind of secret money. Yeah. It's just, it's so interesting to me because, uh, like that's, that is the world where, you know, obviously Iron Man, we're very far away from that, but you could see if they valued if they had more money for pros, fewer races, you know, there's a way they could have structured it um, in Ironman where you could get some of that going on. And maybe, mm-hmm. maybe there are some pros who get like, maybe Daniela, like every time she starts an Ironman is getting like, you know, $50,000, but mm-hmm. I, I, it's, it's definitely not as common as the world marathon majors. So yeah. it's, it's such an interesting world to me. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know for sure. I don't think she's getting that kind of money from Iron Man. Like that's the key difference, right? Mm, right. Is that like, is that, that the marathon itself is putting up the event is yeah. putting up the money. Right. And um, yeah. If you just look at numbers, they're like, there are tens of thousands of people who are running the race and they have these big corporate sponsors and, yeah. you know, TV rights and everything. So obviously it's a different, it's a different uh, world they're living in. Yeah. But like these athletes, they don't, they don't pay for hotels, you know, like they're not paying for travel. And you realize that in a sport that's so elitist, like triathlon, Mm -hmm. if we were able to even just pay for travel Mm -hmm. for athletes, for professional athletes, you know, we would have a lot more diversity uh, Mm -hmm. geographically than we do. Yeah. Totally. Oh, that's an interesting perspective. Yeah. I think, um, do you think like if the PTO is successful that we could end up with that kind of situation? Um, I mean, I hope so obviously, but it, right now the way the PTO, you know, the Collins cup and all that is structured is it's, it's, uh, val- it's placing value on the athletes who have already achieved at a certain level. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, you know, the rich get richer kind of situation. Right. Whereas, you know, if, if you are, uh, you know, some East African runner who, you know, has posted some fast times, mm-hmm. um, you're going to get an opportunity to fly to New York and prove yourself. Right. And then you're going to get all the appearance money and like, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's and I'm interesting. Of, I'm thinking of media too, right? Because if you think of like mm-hmm. a marath- major marathon, like a Boston or a New York that are usually televised live, um, they must, so the race itself sees the value in having those elite athletes there for their race. Yeah, right? and, and there's there's a reason why like the, the American, ra- there are three American majors, um, Chicago, New York, and Boston. There's a reason why they're willing to pay for American athletes because exactly that it's like TV time. People get excited 
to see other Americans. Um, like a guy like Ben winning his first marathon at their race live on TV it would be pretty damn cool. Damned. I said halfway between darn and damn, and it just came out <laughs> pretty damn cool, right? Yeah, I mean, um, I am not going to bank on that happening. Oh, no, uh, really? Well, like, so Bekele is, you know, on, in the field, he's one of the mm. greatest runners of all time. Um, but, like, what's cool is that if you're top American, that's that's something that's really special special in these races totally yeah and i i have no idea how he's going to do it's it's a hilly course uh could be tough conditions which is good for him um you know obviously i want him to win but uh it it is a lot to ask your first marathon (laughs) yeah do you think yeah that's true do you think that he's like the marathon suits his strength like do you think he's a strength runner kind of thing like that speed will translate he he is a strength runner and he's good in the roads. Um, but when you're talking about a race that's that far, like he's 165 pounds, you know, right. like he's a big okay. guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you know, the the longer the distance, like running against guys who are like 120 pounds, yeah, or under, <laughs> I. I think he'll do well. I think he'll do well because he's strong. He's tough. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We're going to find out. It I'm is. Excited. Yeah, me too. It is funny because it's, this is where uh, like I, a triathlon and running are kind of equivalent because I always think of like the plane conversation where you're sitting on a plane and somebody asks you what you do. <laughs> and like either if you say you're a triathlete they ask if you've done an Ironman before. Mm-hmm. If you say you're a runner, they ask if you've done a marathon before. Right. And, you know, we both we both are getting that out of the way because it's it is so funny. Just that's where like the average person goes. The they average. go straight it- to those race, those distances. Wasn't it Ben who had someone ask him? Like he's he was like he said that he ran five Ks and 10 Ks and they asked him if he was gonna do a marathon. Yeah. Like, an and airplane. they're like someday someday you will be able to do it you, you can do it keep, like they were keep kind on, of talking him yeah, yeah keep on training <laughs> keep on working towards it it's like literally like well proven like the fourth fastest guy with a 5k in the u.s <laughs> and like they're pep talking him for the marathon maybe that pep talk's gonna carry him through now yeah yeah um, well it, it was funny because some somebody in like my Instagram post is like, well, you're gonna you're gonna have to beat your wife's uh, Kona marathon split. And I'm like, if he isn't like 45 <laughs> minutes faster than that, he will be devastated. <laughs> <laughs> They're kidding, right? Like, I hope so. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, Ben, we we think you could do it too. (laughs) Yeah, he totally could finish the distance. Yeah, he could go the distance on that marathon. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, shall we take a little break and then we have a voicemail of a birth story? Oh, let's do it. If we were writing is a feisty podcast. Remember to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at If We Were Writing. 
And we love hearing from our feisty friends. So please send us a voicemail at sarah at livefeisty.com. That's Sarah without an H. Right. So just grab your phone, record an audio file, and email it to me, and we will love it and love you forever. And our regular listeners will know that if we were riding and all things feisty is proudly partnered with Orca Sportswear. For 15% off all items on orca.com, please use the code livefeisty15. And that includes the wetsuits. So good deals all around. Hi, Sarah and Sarah. Um, this is also Sarah calling to leave you guys a voicemail. Um, I know Sarah True because we work together at Momentus, uh, but I just wanted to call and say that I love what you two are doing. I think the show is awesome. Your conversations are cracking me up. I just finished listening to one while I was on a run, listened to Sarah share about her birth story. So I thought that I would contribute as Sarah asked for a short version of my own uh, birth story and mostly just wanted to share because mine was very different than Sarah True's, um, which kudos to you girl. That sounded like a really long <laughs> and not fun labor of no sleep. Um, I was on the other side of the spectrum in that I actually was induced because I had a couple complications throughout my pregnancy that my doctors were being super conservative on. So when I hit 39 weeks and everything was still looking really good, they decided, let's go ahead and get him out while everything is still super positive. Um, so I got to go into the, the hospital knowing exactly what day I was going to deliver and show with my bag and not be in pain yet. Um, and I was actually super nervous about it. So I shared this just for any other women out there who maybe are going to have to get an induction and are nervous about that because I've heard that it's ultra painful when you got to go with the whole Pitocin thing. But Mine actually wasn't like that at all. So from entering the hospital to baby boy popping out was exactly 24 hours, start to finish. Um, did the whole Cytotech, holy balloon, Pitocin thing. And honestly, like, wasn't bad at all. Uh, got my epidural as well. Wish that they would have sent me home with one because that thing was for real and amazing. <laughs> I got to sleep a bunch while I was there because of it and then really enjoyed the whole active labor piece as well. So just thought I'd share that for anybody else who maybe is going to have a similar experience, but love what you two are doing. Uh, keep, keep doing it. All right. So I just want to put a little perspective, uh, a little background. Sarah, another Sarah, as she mm-hmm. says, um, she was an Olympic rower, total badass. And it makes me feel better to hear her say that she got an epidural as well, because I've had a little bit like a chip on my shoulder because I really loved it mm-hmm. and I'm really happy I got it. But there's part of me that's like tough lady who is like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have and just done the natural birth thing. I don't know. That's so funny. So, okay. I'm going to tell you this. When I listened to the podcast that you did about your birth story, I was like, Oh, I feel better because Sarah got an epidural. Ah! <laughs> like, so you had yes. that same effect on me. Like, I also had the epidural and I loved it. Like, oh, yeah. I had, I had such a perfectly like delivered epidural that like I, I was like, 
numb, but I could feel pressure, but not pain. Um, okay. I didn't have any unequal numbness. I know some people have like one leg is completely dead or something weird like that. Um, and the, um, and even the doctor said that like, it was quite easy to put the epidural in because like my back was leaner, I guess, than most mm. than he was used to. So it made it easy for him to be precise, um, which I was like, oh, athlete bonus points. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, yeah, it allowed me to be, I've actually, a friend of mine told me that she had been in so much pain um, without the epidural. She had no pain meds with her second child mm. um, that she like was completely out of it. She didn't know what was happening. She didn't know who was in the room. Like she doesn't remember holding her child. Like that just sounded like horrible to me. Like that was that the pain had done to her. Like she'd gone into like, and so I was like, oh, I think I'm going to get the epidural. (laughs) Um, And it allowed me to be really present. And I was really like, and I was actually in control. They were actually laughing at me because I was telling them when I was going to push, like I was directing the show in the, (laughs) in the delivery room. Um, And I, I liked it and I liked being present and part of the experience. So. No, I, I I think you're right about the pushing part because um, like they, you know, they have you hooked up to the monitor and they can see when the contractions are coming, but I could feel it before. Mm -hmm. And I think if I didn't have the epidural, then just the pain, like I would want to push at the wrong time, like, Mm. you know, just constantly just wanting to do it. But I, I, yeah, I was, I was a lot more attuned to like when the right time was rather than focusing on the pain Um, and I slept great afterwards (laughs) amazing yeah I really like I really related to a lot of the things that you were saying in your birth story like I was also in labor for like I had two full nights at home in labor oh really you had a oh wow yeah not quite as long as you like I think you had one extra night on me from from your story but I like I had a night the first night I was woken up several times um we went to the hospital and got sent home um the next day the second night I was having contractions like seven minutes apart um like most of the night and I remember like my I would fall asleep in between because I was so exhausted you know because I'd missed the last night's sleep and then I like I remember my dog was with me and she was just sat with me through this whole like I would wake up like in pain and then fall asleep again um for the whole night and so and then when I got to the hospital they gave me morphine um just so that I could sleep um so that I would have enough energy to actually (laughs) deliver the baby (laughs) so that I I don't know why I didn't I think like just tv and movies have convinced us that it's a fast process yeah I had (laughs) no idea that it could be three days of contractions and you're just so exhausted before it's even time yeah, totally <laughs> and you're, yeah like on tv it's like you you know your water breaks invariably in a public place right. and then you rush off to the hospital because it's coming now you know and that does happen to some people for sure and it happens more often with the second one um i've been told but <laughs> not that i know uh, but yeah this like for me it was a really long time coming mm. um I think, I don't know. I don't know if that's an athlete thing. Like I had heard that before that um, athletes have longer labors, but are like push out the baby (laughs) quicker for obvious reasons if you're stronger. Um, And that was true for me. Yeah. Um, So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, 
we need we need somebody to fact check us oh yeah could somebody or someone or maybe just like more random off-the-cuff stories totally that, totally. that make us feel better about getting epidurals because they're awesome <laughs> totally like like modern medicine like it's amazing that's what it's here for you know it it is it is interesting how other people's stories influence you because uh like a couple days before I went into labor, um, I was at the pool and this one woman I know, she has five kids and she said that one of her biggest regrets was not getting an epidural with their first four and she didn't know until she got one for the fifth. And she's <laughs> like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I did this that way. <laughs> and that just stuck in my mind right. so profoundly where I'm like- yeah why do I, I don't have to do it that way. Yeah. Why wouldn't I opt to do it the other way? <laughs> yeah. And like, honestly, I feel like I, like I had my fair share of pain, like you, like right. I was in labor for 30 hours. Yes. <laughs> so like, you know, like I, they, I had the first, whatever, 28 hours of pain. Right. Like I, my, I'm good. Like I took it in. That's a lot of pain. I'm over it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I paid my dues, you know? Yeah. I love it. Oh, well, I don't know, Sarah. I think this might be a good time to wrap. Yeah. Awesome. So if anybody wants to send a voicemail, please send a voicemail to Sarah at livefeist.com. Uh, that's Sarah without an H. You can send one to Sarah with an H. Should we do that at some point? Do you want to receive voicemails? Because they come in so thick and fast, it's hard to keep track of. <laughs> I just send them to Sarah without an H for now. To, to be clear, too, the other, there we do have a couple uh, voicemails. If you haven't heard yours on the show yet, we do yeah. have them. We acknowledge you. Thank you. Yes. We will get to them. <laughs> yes, we do. We're just, you know, we have we have pressing things like, animal stories from 10 <laughs> years ago to talk about right. <laughs> but we'll get through we'll get yeah. them we'll get yeah. to them um thank you for listening to another week of ear horror riding and we hope that you have a fantastic seven days None of you people can tell me to stop My town, my crown We know what it takes to be reaching the top We're reaching the top We're reaching the top We know what it takes to be reaching the top